Welcome to The Milking Parlor, a podcast for dairy industry professionals. This episode of The Milking Parlor is sponsored by Novus International for better health and better nutrition. Find out more at dairybalance.com. National Cattlemen's Beef Association leaders address concerns about their proposed changes to governance of the group and the money that funds it. During a recent conference call with reporters, Illinois cattle producer and NCBA president Steve Fogelsong said the changes will make the organization more efficient and effective. Our goal since we understood and undertook this uh, governance improvement nearly two years ago was to make NCBA the efficient and effective national organization that producers deserve. We've got two clear goals at NCBA. One, to fuel producer profitability by building and protecting beef demand. And two, to preserve the producer's freedom to operate without burdensome and expensive government intervention. I believe our proposed governance model helps us deliver on these goals by increasing producers' input into our programs and policies and by enabling quicker decision-making through a 29-member board rather than our current 274-member board. But the changes have concerned Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, and he says it's important that the NCBA changes don't affect the independence of the Federation of State Beef Councils. They keep separate checkoff and policy dollars, maintaining a firewall between the two. Federation members won't be required to buy a seat, and USDA's Ag Marketing Service will maintain regulatory oversight of the Federation and the board. Scott George, NCBA Federation Division Chair and Wyoming Dairy Beef Producer, addressed some of Vilsack's concerns. The Federation exists today inside the structure of NCBA. Uh, It functions in an independent manner. And the way the new governance structure is proposed, the Federation will be very independent in their actions. They will, they will, and the Federation and the Federation alone will elect their chair, their vice chair, and the other eight members of the Beef Operating Committee. They will also review and vote on and approve a budget, the budget, the budget for the, that they have, and recommend it to the board to be enacted, uh, so they will be functioning in a very independent way. Currently, even today, they are not a, a separate legal entity, but they will continue to function in this new structure in, indep- in an independent manner. State beef councils have direct control over the 50 cents that they have in their in under their purview. They have to make sure that their funding requests, that their funding activities comply with the act and order. The other 50 cents goes to the Cattlemen's Beef Board, and that money is directed to be spent by the operating committee and only federation members, 10 federation members and 10 CBB members sit on that board. And so they also have direct control over those dollars. Monies that the state sent to the, to the federation are leveraged against those dollars that are being approved by the operating committee and that helps to extend the national program. So in the end, only checkoff producers are the ones who are approving where those funds are spent. And Fogelsong addressed Vilsack's concerns over the member nomination process and the seat acquisition question. There are some of those issues there that we really need to make sure that everybody's in the room. I mean, there's a host of those issues that we want to make sure everybody listens to and has the opportunity to. Uh, discuss so that we can get to the right answer and clarity. And I think that's the goal uh, of the GTF, that we get the chance to, you know, the question is, should they be a separation of, of, of the body? Not, not as far as being able to sit down and talk about it. You know, and I think that's kind of the, the, the question that you're asking. We need to make mm-hmm. sure that everybody's there so they have the opportunity 
to at least you know be a part of that conversation. We we divided where the money's going to be, and we need to give them the opportunity to discuss. But they also have the right to abstain from anything in these recommendations. If when it comes to a vote, if they're not comfortable with it, they've got a chance to abstain. And I think that's uh, that's where we're at today. Investments the state beef councils make in federations are voluntary. State beef council boards evaluate those decisions every year. And if they're not pleased with the services or the direction that the state and national plan, they'll not, they will not, uh, they'll not, they'll can discontinue their, their investment. Secondly, I think uh, NCBA is, is much more than a policy organization. NCBA is a federation of state beef councils, and our job as a federation is to work with those state beef councils to build a state and national plan that protects and, and builds that beef demand. And George reemphasized NCBA's commitment to keeping separate the checkoff and policy dollars. We talked already about the funding decisions for those checkoff activities. They are being determined by those checkoff representatives from the state beef councils and from the Cattlemen's Beef Board. And so that, that decision is being made by checkoff people who are, who are actively involved in that. The, the other issue about policy issues, the, the, the discussion, the problem we're having here is, is a, a, a breakdown in understanding what firewall is. We believe the firewall is an accounting firewall, and that has been strictly enforced and will continue to be strictly enforced. Uh, all of the checkoff dollars are audited every year by an independent contractor. Those audits are forwarded to the Cattlemen's Beef Board. The Cattlemen's Beef Board also does independent audits periodically. All of those checkoff dollars are overseen continually, and so no checkoff dollars are going to be spent on something they shouldn't be. The other part of that question comes down to should, should people who are there working for, for checkoff programs be able to have a say in the business climate that's affecting them? And our answer is yes, they should be able to, to be able to contribute. Uh, the more voices we have speaking together, the better clarity we have around issues and around where we need to be and how we need to resolve those issues in, in an industry. Fogelsong says the bottom line is it will make NCBA a better organization for beef producers. The reason we started this very this process was just to get ourselves more efficient and more nimble and able to move quicker to deal with the problems the beef industry's got. I mean that's that's the nut of the whole thing. Uh, we hadn't really looked at our structure, you know, since uh, the merger, which was you know 14 years ago, and we just there's only so much money to go around, be it. Uh, money that comes from associations or money that comes from the checkoff, and we can't afford to be wasting it uh, anyway. And we really need to sit back and look at this and, and figure out what's the very most efficient way to do it. You know, and that's, that's the crux of it, getting the producers the most bang for their buck and make an NCBA you know, the outfit that you really want it to be and, and be in there every day swinging, uh, trying to make sure that we're profitable in this industry. And George points out that while it might appear to have fewer members, it will actually be more inclusive. We're opening the doors for much, much more input from other organizations, from uh, other, other uh, entities, other cattle producers, to be able to have input in what is happening in the industry and, and how we can solve the problems that are facing us. So the efficiency and effectiveness is one, one thing, but the second thing is we're trying to be much more inclusive so that we have a much broader input base from our producer level. But the, the groups uh, back in uh, March, signed the letter, Farm Bureau and Farmers Union and others felt that, and wrote that the new governance would move the checkoff towards more exclusivity rather than uh, inclusiveness. 
Uh, how do you how do you see if you're going to be more inclusive if you're going to have fewer people helping make decisions on where money is spent? We're actually going to have more people helping make decisions on where the money is spent. Uh, I want to tell you, I've, I've been asking for some information from the Federation. I wanted to know how many producers out there in the country actually sit on state beef council boards. And so far, we haven't got all the data back, but I can tell you that we have got at least 660 producers that are sitting on state beef council boards. I asked the question, what groups do they come from? We have producers there that are cow-calf operators, seed stock operators, stalker operators, feeders, dairymen, and vealmen. And so we have a wide range of industry people sitting on those beef councils. And then I asked for what kind of associations they have. And folks, we have members of, of, of uh, RCAF, of U.S. Cattlemen, of American Farm Bureau Federation, of National Farmers Union, of the Livestock Marketing Association, and multitude of state agencies, state, uh, state uh, cattlemen's groups that are all sitting on these state beef council boards. I don't know how much more inclusive we can be than to, to have that door open and say, all you folks that are sitting there, come on in and help us decide how to spend these dollars. Fogelsong says, remember, this governance plan is still a work in progress. It says draft on everything that we sent out right. there. Yeah, we did that with the very first recommendations that came from the governance task force. We met in Omaha. We met, we met, we made changes the night before we voted on it. And that's one of the reasons you know, that it passed by 94% at the, at the convention. It's because we made changes, we listened to folks, and we've tried to make sure that everybody understood from the very inception of this that it was a, an ongoing deal, a living, breathing document that could be changed. That has not changed one bit. And, you know, producers out there need to be engaged. This is their structure that we're talking about, and we want to make sure that they are engaged. And we're giving them that every opportunity to... Uh, you know, to be involved here. You know, everybody's you know, a member of a state beef council somewhere. I mean, that's they, they've got a state association or a state beef council that they report to, and, and every one of those groups is talking about it, trying to make decisions. Are we happy? How are we going to vote? Those sorts of things. That's the way this thing should work. When we get done and we have ownership in here, we'll, we'll have a square. If there's changes that, be, that, can be, that need to be made, we will certainly address those, uh, and everybody's got that opportunity, and, and you can do me some good by getting the word out. Here's Here's... Here's the draft. This is the way the thing's going to go. Let's get it fixed. Let's move forward. Both men emphasize the point that if state beef councils don't like the direction NCBA is taking, they still control half of the beef checkoff dollars. Thanks again to Novus International for sponsoring this episode of the Milking Parlor. Find out more about better health and better nutrition for your dairy cows at dairybalance.com. Thanks for joining us today in the Milking Parlor, a Zimcom podcast.